All right. Let's, Let's get, get into it. it. Well, it's Friday again. It is. Welcome back to another edition of Warfighter Tobacco Podcast. I don't even know what episode it is. <laughs> 17. 19. 19. Well, there we go. Close enough. Yep. And uh, today's episode, we got Dave. Hi, everybody. Dave Thomas. Uh, Dave's been with us forever. <laughs> before Warfighter. Yeah, since before yeah. Warfighter. <laughs> um, and uh, he was our, our Texas sales guy for a while. And now mm-hmm. he takes care of all of our uh, operations in-house. Um, but uh, but we're going to get to know Dave. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Dave, kick it off. Tell us, uh, give us the, I was born and <laughs> and now I live. Well, I was, I was born. Uh, everything started annoying me and nothing has changed since then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, stop shitting his pants though. I, well, occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, the sneezes catch him. Uh, well, that's you know, you can't, you can't trust a sneeze or a fart after 40. So it's funny how you go out of this world the same way you came into it. Naked, screaming, covered in somebody else's blood. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen a lot of guys go down like that. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I was born in Nebraska, kind of bounced all over. Uh, Parents were both military. So um, grew up northeast primarily. And then uh, after a very short stint in the Air Force, uh, found my way back to Nebraska. Um, bounced around there for a few years, landed a, an ability to go back to school, and that was where I met you. Uh, went to a gun show. Yeah, you had a you had a table set up in Columbus, actually, at the gun show up there. Went up with a buddy of mine, actually, Mister Hache, who was oh yeah, who was down here. That was a that was the first day I met you. Nice. So yeah, that was uh, shit. Probably two thousand nine. Mm, oh no no it would have been a little bit later than that 10 11 then probably i was because i started my gun thing i had my ffl mm-hmm. probably around 2009 or 10 yeah it would have been i didn't move to lincoln until around 12 so it would have been oh, okay. 13 14 time frame oh, okay so yeah maybe somewhere right around in that time frame i mean that was a long time ago. Yeah. Long so, time ago. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And then uh, you met me at the gun show. And uh, yeah. then you came to my gun shop. And uh, yeah. Well, at that point, you had you had not opened the shop in Bennett yet. Uh, right. You were in the process of doing that. Um, rapidly became a regular. So much so to the point that uh, I stopped in one day. And you were like, hey, I've been meaning to talk to you anyway. Um because John and I are going to go shoot this PRS match this weekend. Uh, my wife has informed me she's no longer going to run the shop on her own. Yeah. <laughs> the, the weekends <laughs> at the shop got kind of crazy. And to put it on one person. Oh, that was a lot. <laughs> was a lot. And to put it on one person like my wife who didn't. I mean, she knew guns fairly well. But not like enough to like give advice and handle yeah. it like we did. And then when you have six people in there. All at the same time, it was just it was way too much yeah. for one person. So yeah. So you hit me. You hit me with a proposition that was really hard for me to say no to, and it was pretty much, uh, you want to come hang out and play with guns and maybe make some money on the side. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. You're you're gonna pay me to come play with guns all day and maybe sell a couple? 
I am in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I did that kind of like you guys call me what, like once or twice a, a month, maybe Yeah, probably I'd come in and cover down for a weekend. And you were part-time for probably what a year uh, or two. Oh, uh, that was maybe a year. I don't know. I might've been close to two. Yeah. Kind of off and on. Uh, cause at that point I was still working for Speedway. Oh yeah. Um, before I, uh, no longer had a job there. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And then you came on full time and, and, uh, I suppose you did that for about three years ish. Mm, no, no, that was less than a year. Less than a year. Yeah. It was less than a year okay. before you sold the store. Yeah. Yeah. Then I had to fire you cause, yeah. uh, I sold the gun shop. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It really, it, it didn't sting as bad because you did fire everybody that day. That's true, so. <laughs> I, including myself, my wife, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> no, I spent, uh, I don't know, that was about just shy of a year doing uh, doing Cerakote, basic gunsmithing, sales when things got busy upstairs. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Yeah. And then, so you were there when we started Warfighter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, as, I, just like two cabinets in the gun store and then yeah uh, yeah and then uh yeah then we moved to texas and it was probably i don't know six months a year after we moved down here yeah i think it was i think it was about a year after that i uh savita and i had made it made it a habit of uh going to cigars lounge stacy's yeah. place uh sunday evenings kind of just sit down have a cigar have a bullshit session kind of start the week on a good note with a good stick and the bartender uh made a comment that uh they hadn't heard anybody heard from anybody so i texted you and i think all i got back was uh want the job <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. i uh yeah i kind of kind of picked up doing a little bit of repping up there taking care of the the shops up there yeah because we since we started warfighter in nebraska as lincoln area specifically uh we had quite a few shops that we had a good relationship with that abruptly ended when we moved to san antonio yeah because we had our hands full with everything else yeah um, and then yeah so people were voicing their concern that they weren't getting enough attention from us so we yeah. needed to wrap up there and, and you lived there and you knew the brand you knew the story well know. and i knew most of the shops in the yeah. area too because we would all you know i would even when we didn't do events we always at least once a week, everybody would kind of congregate at one shop somewhere yeah. and and hang out and bullshit. So everybody kind of knew that I was somewhat connected to the brand, and and it was a it was a semi easy transition for a lot of that. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then we got down here, and then I don't know. You did that for what, probably six months or so, and no, that was that was two years. That was almost oh, the entire years. time I was with Eric at Zermatt. Yeah. Yeah. So um, kind of did that on the on the side hustle, uh, and then. You came up to Nebraska. Um, I think it was kind of a, might have been a family visit. You might have been yeah. passing through on the way up to see Nathan. Um, <clears throat> or maybe finalizing stuff with your house. I think you were selling the house in Hickman mm -hmm. at that point. But uh, you met me for a, a cigar at Capitol. And, and you brought up the option. You kind of said you were kind of, you guys were getting to the point where you kind of needed someone to do in Texas what I was doing in Nebraska. Yeah on a much larger scale yeah <laughs> and uh yeah there's just a one or two more shops here in texas yeah there are in nebraska <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think last time i looked there was 200 and 
238 or 240. And there's, and there's been a, a <laughs> in Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. There's probably, yeah, probably 12 now. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, I think, I think there's about 10 or 12 now. Yeah. Uh, there's, they've had a few more open up, you know, uh, out towards, uh, out towards uh, the western edge of the state, and then a few more up towards Omaha as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the Great so. Plains. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is when there's five population centers in the entire state, and the population of the state is still just a touch over the population of San Antonio. Yeah, and that's like, just the there's, city proper. Yeah, that's not the greater San Antonio area. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, I applaud the people that that put forth the effort to to open a lounge and, and build a lounge up there, but it doesn't take long to get to a saturated market for the cigars population. Yeah. You know, I mean, what's the, what's the statistics for active cigar smokers? It's like 2%. Oh, of the population. Yeah. yeah something probably, like that. It's probably pretty I think we went down the rabbit hole one day looking at it, yeah. but yeah. I mean, when you get 1.6 million people in the state and 2% are active regular cigar smokers, that's, yeah. Not a whole lot of a customer base to work with. So yeah. the people that can open one and maintain it. Good they on. get a little higher tax rate up there too. 20%. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And they're not capped. Yeah. So eventually we got you down here. You became the Texas rep. Uh, did yeah. that for three, just shy of three years, three years. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I came down in October of 20 and Eric took over full time on the road in August. Yeah. Mm-hmm. of this year or last year excuse me yeah so yeah yeah so lots now, of lots of miles lots so of faces we brought eric on and uh everybody met eric in an episode or three ago two ago maybe mm-hmm. uh, but uh yeah and then uh we moved you over to operations so you kind of cover all the shipping ordering yeah uh like, inventory management fulfillment uh yeah. um, customer service mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah i mean it, it frees up it frees up time for you guys to to do what you need to do to be able to focus on growing the brand like we've been growing the last several years i mean and that's the thing is like seeing seeing where it started having having had a foot in the door since day one yeah to to see where we are now it's phenomenal. I mean, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, you know, think back to the days when we used Pelican cases in the basement of the, oh, gun well, I'm, right? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking <laughs> when, back to when like, we would get like, I, I just had a, I had a video, uh, on Facebook on my memories of when we got a delivery. I, I might've been one of our, one of our last shipments out of the Dominican yeah. where it was still in like the gold yeah. boxes. Mm-hmm. And we were like, this is awesome. This 25,000 cigars we just brought in. We're like, fuck, we brought 18,000 in yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I think back to, you know, right now, like we order what we sold in the first three years every time we order now. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? So, yeah, it's, uh, it's got a little bigger. We haven't, you know, uh, it's gotten bigger. We have you, Justin, and Eric are full time. Yeah. Uh, you know, but other than that, like we've kept the operation kind of small and uh, I kind of like it that way. You know, everybody who works with us, I feel like, you know, they're not, it, we're not corporate. We're not, you know, I don't have all the, right. you know, but there's a room to grow. Yeah. You know, we need to grow into different regions now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, it's extremely easy for us as a company to pivot when we need to pivot. 
on something. Like if we need to. Well, there's the decision makers are all in the same room. And, uh, you know, that we don't have to send an email to schedule a meeting to have a phone call about the meeting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, we're pretty good at pivoting. Um, yeah, but, uh, so, so when did you start smoking cigars? Uh, <laughs> that would have been whew, about six months after Warfighter started because I had you held off that long. I, well, <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 you know, when I was drinking, I, I grew up smoking cigarettes yeah, and, right. and when I quit drinking for good, good, the last round, um, I quit smoking cigarettes about the same time. Yeah. And then one of my favorite lines when I was out on the road doing events and stuff like that is people would ask me that question. I was like, you know, I was, I was doing pretty good. I was like, I used to smoke cigarettes and then I quit. And then a couple of years later, a few assholes I know started a cigar company and now here I am, <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, a little different though. It is, yeah. it is, it is. It's, uh, there's a, there's a vast difference about the relationships you can forge over a cigar as opposed to a cigarette. You know, and I was actually, I was sitting at Stacy's shop many years ago, uh, talking to a young kid and he was a grad student at UNL, yeah. uh, University of Nebraska in Lincoln there. And he was, he was doing a research paper on cigars and the culture behind them. And he's like, I'm trying to figure out the best way to, to express this to people. And I was like, look, say we're cigarette smokers and we're at a party. We go outside to smoke a cigarette. That's a five minute interaction. And I may never see you again. Yeah. We've been sitting at this bar bullshitting over a cigar for the last 45 minutes, and we still have probably another 25 to 30 minutes of smoking to be done yet. Yeah. It's like, you will remember this conversation six months down the road. Yeah. And you'll, you know. Well, I kind of want to deep dive that topic a little bit. What, you know, the difference in relationships that you build smoking cigars versus cigarettes. Oof. Right. Like I've it's a slippery slope. I've, it, it is. <laughs> we could, you know, but like we've built, I know you and me have both definitely probably built relationships smoking cigarettes back in the day. Yeah. When we were first getting in the military and you're hanging out with the guys outside for five minutes. Yeah. But right. it's 10 times a day with the same people. Absolutely. You know, so there is a relationship built there. Well, and that's the, that's the, that's nope. the common ground mentality because it's like, Oh, you smoke, you smoke a cigarette. Cool. Uh, smoke break. Yeah. You know, but for the non-military folks. Yeah. yeah. I don't see how many relationships it can be built that are solid relationships. You meet very interesting people by having to step outside of an establishment to have a cigarette. Yeah. Yes. It's not like <laughs> in a cigar lounge where, you yeah. know, yeah. like in a cigar lounge, you get people from all walks of life. Yeah. Right. You know, you're at a bar and say you can't smoke in the bar. So you got to go outside, you know, on the sidewalk to have a cigarette. You walk out on that sidewalk and I mean, you got night walkers and crackheads. You got businessmen. You got everybody. But you have the 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 edge ends of that spectrum are so broad. Yes. We're in at least in the cigar world. Like it's brought in a little bit, a little bit, just because I think it's a lot has to do with just the culture behind it. The price point of, you know, cigars. Well, what I'm picturing is like you're talking to this person outside smoking a cigarette, right? 30 seconds later, they throw it on the ground, step it out, and get back inside. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know. But, like, never in a cigar lounge. I wouldn't say never. But it's not common 
that you're in a cigar lounge somewhere and like, hey, bro, you got an extra cigar? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you walk outside of any bar where there's somebody smoking and you hang out for 30 seconds, you're going to hear that. Hey, bro, you got an extra smoke? No, nah, man, my pack only came at 20. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I kind of want to do a video about the differences between cigar smokers and cigarette smokers, but I want to focus on the box, like the packing. <laughs> like we take a box of cigars and we start packing them. <laughs> anyway, I dig this. Yeah. <laughs> you open it and it yeah. just grenaded well, in there. Well, what do you do? What happened? Uh, we we have some we have some boxes we could probably get away with doing that with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's uh it's there's there's definitely a barrier to entry. I mean, you gotta factor like the night shift, for example. Um MSRP on that's ten fifty. Yeah. That's a pack of cigarettes for most people nowadays. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. Um and Jesus, the first pack of cigarettes I ever bought, I think I paid a buck 85 for. I know, right? You know, you know? that's kind of funny. Though. What do you think <laughs> of that, right? So uh, let's just say a pack of cigarettes is 10 bucks right now, right? You get 20 cigarettes in that pack. So you're at 50 cents a stick. Yeah. 50 cents a cigarette, right? You walk by a homeless man. He's getting a spare change. Nah, bro, get a job. Hey, bud, can I, can I bum a smoke from you? Here you go, man. Here's 50 cents. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> let me support your habit that's going to kill you instead of let me help this guy eat today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but in the, in the cigar community, though, you, you like I meet people that are trading cigars or oh, yeah. you oh, know, all the time. These things are baseball cards for, for adults. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I was at doing an event in Phoenix uh, over this past weekend at Cigar Therapy. And uh, one of the guys there, uh, everyone calls him Ducky. And he just got done smoking. I think he smoked an Escuro Maduro, and then he smoked a night shift. And then, like, I mean, we were packed. There's people outside, you know, up front of the shop hanging out and stuff. So I walk out front just to, you know, talk with some of the guys that were out there. And Ducky walks out, and he lights up a cigarette. And everybody immediately starts giving him shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and they're like, what, you didn't get enough off the two cigars you just chain smoked? He's like, no, actually, I didn't. So I need this cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he, you know, he might've gotten nicotine off the two cigars, but he needed all the extra chemicals right. in the cigarette. Too. Yep. So. Yep. That's pretty funny. And then, uh, but there is a definitely distinct difference between the smell of a cigar and the smell of a cigarette. Yeah. Um, I was sitting in a different lounge in Phoenix and somebody in there, I don't know who it was, but somebody lit up a cigarette and that's usually a huge no-go yeah. in a cigar lounge. Um, for one, it's just, it it doesn't, a lot of cigarette smokers will say cigars smell like, you know, smell bad. Yeah. And every cigar smoker is going to say that cigarettes smell bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because they do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and whoever it was, they lit it up and they weren't like, I couldn't see them. So they weren't in with an eyesight of me. I could just smell it. And yeah. I was like, wow. I'm like, okay. I'm like, somebody's about to get kicked out. <laughs> I have to say though, as a, and you could probably get away with this too, as a as a former cigarette smoker. Yeah, there are times when that that first whiff of a freshly lit cigarette smells so goddamn good. Right, you smell. It, you're like, oh, I remember that. And then the second one hits, and you're like, Ugh. nope. It's funny, like it was probably I don't know two or three years after I quit smoking cigarettes, and uh, we were at a bar and we were drinking, 
And I was just like, you know, I'm at the point, like I could have a cigarette tonight and I'm not going to go buy a yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, so I bumped a smoke off someone and I lit it and I might've took like three puffs off it. And I was like, I don't know how I used to smoke these things. Like it was about every, so bad. <laughs> about every three years, I'll smoke a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Just, just because, yeah. you know, and uh, it's the same thing. Oh, God, I can't believe it. But when I was smoking, it was from the age of 14 to 20. Yeah. 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 I yeah. quit smoking cigarettes in basic training. Like, quit. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to. They don't let you. Yeah, but yeah. when I got <laughs> done with basic, right. I, I didn't go buy cigarettes, yeah. right? I didn't smoke until um, I was in, uh, fuck, I think I was actually in airborne school is when I learned that if you're standing there not doing anything, then you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. But if you're standing there and you have a cigarette in your hand, they just walk right by you. And so I was like, well, shit. So I went and bought a pack of cigarettes. And every time people were just hanging out, I just light one and hold it. Like I wasn't smoking it. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually I started. And then, yeah. you know, then you can't smoke at night. So then I was like, oh, I need chew now. So yeah. then I started chewing, too. <laughs> so the reason I smoked cigarettes is because, I mean, I've been selling tobacco for 30 years. Yeah. I've only owned Warfighter tobacco for <laughs> <laughs> for eight. So yeah, yeah, from fourteen to twenty, I was I would I'd yeah. be the guy that was looked old enough to go buy a carton right. and sell them to all of his buddies and make a little profit. So yeah, I, was, yeah. I started smoking cigarettes in high school just because it was the cool thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I, I was in, I played hockey, so I was on the hockey team. Well, during yep. the season, if you smelled like smoke, they you couldn't practice, you couldn't play in the game. Oh shit! And so during and so that's when I started chewing. Because it was just like, well, everybody else on the team chews. And nobody, you know, nobody bitches about them chewing. Like, you're sitting in the locker room. Yeah. You get a bunch of high school kids spitting in spit bottles. And the coach walks in. And he's like, okay, we got eight minutes. We're on the ice. And it turns around and walks out. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. But if you smoke a cigarette, you're yeah. done. You can't play. And uh, so then it kind of translated over into the military also. Yeah. But it wasn't like seasonal. It was day or night. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's uh let's see. I think you John, you quit chewing about six months before I got down here, didn't you? Yeah, but I think so. I feel like we should tell so you said smoking and chewing yeah, yeah. was the difference between day, oh, and, day and night day and night, right? Yeah. I I feel like we should go get give a reason. I feel like we should go get so, oh, <laughs> to show how you would smoke at night because it would be funny. Because I will. Let oh, me, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll grab the light it. therapy. I'll grab it. Yeah. No, so the light discipline. Well, I, the reason you don't smoke at night was because no, it's in light discipline. Yeah. So if you had ex- explain yeah, yeah. that, and I'll be right back. So the room we're in right now is probably I think it's I don't know 15 feet wide and 20 25 feet long. Um, if I had if I lit one cigarette in this room. It would glow like the sun is coming out of this through night vision. Yeah. Um, all the windows would be lit. All you know, light pollution would be coming out the windows. Like you can't hide it. You know, you can spot a cigarette miles away through yeah. night vision. It's insane. And so, you know, when you're in patrol based activities, you're in a hide or you're doing whatever, um, there's no, you can't smoke at night just because it's, it's such a giveaway for your position. And so that's why I said that's why I chewed at night because. You know, there's no noise or light, but I found a way 
So if I, John's not that old. This is no. <laughs> this is an M16A1. However, it's the same grip that we yes, got issued. Yes, and the from. grip is what you need. So you need a grip that has a hole in the bottom. It's hollow. A lot of the grips now have trap doors on the bottom. Yeah. You know, you can store a toolkit or something in there. But what I would do, we'd be in a patrol-based activity. We'd be doing, you know, uh, some sort of operation. We're always pulling guard when we were not actually moving. And so you have, you know, an element that's making plans or figuring out what's going on or where you're at or planning the next whatever. And then you always have an element that's pulling security. Yeah. And, you know, I was a machine gun team, so we were always pulling security. We were never involved in planning. That was it. We, we were there just to put rounds down range. And so typically when you're, in, you're pulling security, you're laying in the prone, you got your rifle in front of you and you're just sitting like this, right? And you have your little sector that you're watching and. And you're just there, and, and sometimes for hours. And your squad leader would come around and check, make yeah, sure hey, you're, you're awake, away. make sure you're pulling anything going on, whatever. You're like, oh, Roger, sorry, everything's good, you know, blah blah blah, right? But the difference of a gun like this at in at the night and a gun like this at night, nobody knows the difference. And if you take your cigarette at the time, this is a cigar, and you put it in the butt stock, right, like that, or in the pistol grip, and you put your hands all the way around it, and you tuck this in your corner. <laughs> You can smoke and still look like you're pulling security. And then about, I don't know, halfway through the cigarette, who's smoking? I don't know, sir. I can't see it anywhere. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> because when you would take when you would take a drag of an exposed cigarette, the night vision would glow. It would just light up. It would just light up. So you would totally, totally get busted. But but yeah, and then the best part about it is when you get done, like the ashes just fall right in it. And then when you get done, you just drop the cigarette and you just hold it and you just wait for like a minute and the cigarette goes out and then you just flip the rifle over. You dig a little hole first. Yeah. Then you flip the rifle over and everything falls in that and you just fill it in as you're pulling security. Nobody even knows. <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's how uh, that's how some some of us got away with it. <laughs> I never got caught doing that. <laughs> never and it was always who's smoking because <laughs> i mean you can smell it <laughs> oh, yeah. there was there was there was those of us who knew i mean there, yeah there, i didn't get caught by leadership <laughs> and the people that knew they're just like this fucking idiot <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh the good old days yeah there's a will there's a way yep <laughs> But boy, you can smell it. Like when we set up a patrol base from one end to the oh, other. Oh, I didn't go over the lighting. So the lighting part of it, every packing uh, list, no matter what your mission is, what you're doing, is always a poncho and a poncho liner, right? Every single mission that you go on, poncho, poncho liner is always in every single one. Yeah. And so you, you don't even take it completely out of your bag. You just take out, I don't know, about a section this big, like the size of a really big beach ball. So a poncho is a waterproof big square thing with the yeah. hood in the middle of it and your poncho liner is supposed to go on the inside to keep you warm yeah um so you pull both of those out but the poncho liner never had the hood in it no it didn't it didn't make any sense never made any sense no um but you pull you know <laughs> a, about this much of both of those out mm -hmm. poncho liner on the bottom poncho over the top or you need drape them over you completely and then you cup your lighter you cup your you know your lighter in your hand and you got to be quick about it. It's one spark and a drag of the same. And that's it. Like, you have to be very careful because if you try to let that burn for a little bit, it's just everything's going to glow. Or if you click it more. Than, yep. What if it's twice. just that one quick little flash and you get that thing lit? Oh, you're golden. And then you're already down. You put it right in the, in the pistol grip. And then you put all your shit back in your rucksack. Good to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
<laughs> we digressed. Red, I know. Redneck. And so dude. those are the kind of people you'll meet smoking cigarettes. A hundred percent. Now you'll meet the John who's a business owner. And and, uh, and I am such a fair weather smoker now. <laughs> like I, I try. Like if it's cold, I'll get all bundled up and I'll try. And then I'll get like, halfway through and I'm like, oh, I can't do this. I go for a drive. Or if it's too hot. You know, like yeah. I'll get out yeah. there and I'll start. And as yeah. soon as I start sweating and I'm like, this isn't funny. I'm not enjoying yeah. this cigar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I remember, I think it was after you got back from Phoenix and Florida, the trip after you bought the house. Yeah. And we were sitting out there and it was, God, it was probably 105 at like eight o'clock. He pulls his phone out and Phoenix was at like. 118 at yeah. 8 p.m. It was stupid. It was just, it was ridiculous. And I think we powered through that one and we we're like, you want another? Mm-mm, nope. Yeah. yeah. We're good. And then you built a smoking room. Yeah. No, that was because of the cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was like, oh man, it's going to get cold. And yeah. So I got built that smoking room and then the snowmageddon happened in Texas. This was what, three, four years ago now. Yeah. The whole state shut down for like four days. And that was the best thing I've ever done. Like, cause I got yeah. built right before that. Yeah. And then, you know, the whole, everything shut down and just sat up there and it's like, you know, eight below zero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Had electricity at the house, had internet. Yeah. Uh, we lost water. Lost water. But yeah. Yeah. No, I sat there the entire week, watched TV and smoked cigars. Yeah, we, we ran out of electricity. It was, yeah. You ran out. <laughs> ran out. <laughs> used it all up. <laughs> think, well, they gave it to us for like three minute increments. I think every, we had every, oh, yeah, every we four hours. Yeah. yeah, it was stupid. We kept, I think we kept coming into work anyway, just because, well, yeah. a, a, there was only like four inches of snow on the ground, so it didn't bother us at all. No. Uh, but we had but water. B, we had water and power yeah. in the old shop. So. Yeah. We just, we spent most of the day up there bullshitting. And then we were like, all right, well, you know. Like, do you smoke when it's raining outside? Yes. Do you notice that your cigar burns different because it's so humid out? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't stand in the rain. But. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot harder. Like a, get a little umbrella that clips on my cigar. <laughs> it just blocks it. <laughs> but no, we have like the patio, right? So we'd go out there yeah. when it was downpouring. And it, yeah, it, it's like being in Nicaragua trying to smoke a cigar. Yeah. It just doesn't during, want during to stay lit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. It's so humid. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's funny. Nicaragua, the cigars, they taste a little different. Like they're a little better in yeah. Nicaragua. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe maybe it's our attitudes because we're there. Right. You know, maybe it's you're in it's a happier, me, it's, it's a mental, it's a mental thing, place. Maybe. I don't know. But it's a lot harder to smoke in Nicaragua. Like but. we need to do an experiment and we need to add stressors into our cigar experience while no, we're down there. You know what we need to do is we need to bring a cigar from here that's the same as the one that we're gonna yeah, grab yeah. from the factory, smoke them side by side. And see. And see. Yeah. If they both taste the same, it's mental. Yep. If one tastes better than the other, then we know. But so I was going to add stressors like they, you know, tie our hands together and put a hood over us and throw us in the back of a truck and drive around <laughs> at night and then give us a cigar. <laughs> We're going to figure out what it is. <laughs> we could do a blind, you know, like what which one came from the states, which one came from you know right out of the right out of the aging room, right? But yeah, we should do a blind tasting sometime. Where we just we have to identify our own cigars. We can't look at it. 
No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'd probably have to wear a blindfold. Mm -hmm. Have you ever smoked a scar blindfold? No, actually. No, but I've grabbed one driving. Yeah. And I had no idea what it was. I grabbed it, lit it, and smoked it. Yeah. So I've smoked, I've... I've done it on purpose, not like completely blindfolded, smoke the whole cigar. Yeah. But like I've made sure that like I can't see anything. Yeah. And I grabbed, uh, you know, I had a cigar in the ashtray and then I made sure I couldn't see anything. I picked the cigar up. The weirdest thing in the world is you don't know if you took a drag, like if you got smoke or not. Oh, really? Because you can't, like if you take a drag. Yeah. You don't know what it is because it's, you see the smoke come out, but it's not like you can feel it. You should be able to taste. You can it. taste it, but I can see. But you don't know how much. It I is. can see where you wouldn't know if it was properly lit or not. Right? Yeah. 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 It's it was pretty interesting. So I was like, huh. So like to do it like a, a completely blind, like six cigars in front of me, they're all lit, and I just pick them up and yeah. go for each one. You know, besides having that, a re- if I don't retro, yeah, like I might not know. <laughs> no, I think for sure you have to retro to know for sure. Right. Like it'd be hard because that's where you get. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure we've talked about retrohaling, but that's, you know, where you let a little bit of smoke, like say the last 10, 20% of smoke out of your nose. Mm-hmm. And you don't inhale it. You yeah, just push it through. Like. Yeah. And that's where all your flavors are. Right. And so like when you're, when we're blending, you couldn't, I, I feel like you couldn't blend a cigar and not retrohale. Yeah. Cause you would, you'd miss everything. Yeah. You would miss a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It would be. You know, where like the, the Bill Burr, you know, he's like, it tastes like smoke, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, or you asshole, I think is what he says. You know, it tastes like smoke, you know. But if you don't retro, it, like. But that's that's like doing a wine tasting and be like, it tastes like wine. Yeah, like chugging it. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, it's wine. Yeah. It's like, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get a lot of wine tastings to to take care of. Probably got more I got to go pick up, too. <laughs> I either need to start drinking more wine or stop being a wine club member. Well, bring him in here. I, I like wine. I just don't know if it's good. Like, like I don't know how to order a good wine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know what I like, but like by yeah. looking at all the bottles in a restaurant, I'm, that's why I, when we go out with Craig, I'm like, like whatever. See, yeah. <laughs> I'll take two of him. I'll take whatever he's getting. Yep. You know? Yeah. No, I get a. Like twelve or eighteen more bottles, I got to go pick up. Yeah, just because I mean it's quarterly, but I don't get up there every quarter. <laughs> yeah. You haven't been here most of this quarter, so I figured it out. <laughs> I've been, I've been on the road for, I think when I when I mathed it out, and this was I don't know four or five days ago. Yeah, there were forty days of the year gone so far. And I was on the road for 23 out of the 40 days. <laughs> like, and then fuck. you just went and spent another four days out on the road. Yeah. 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 We get a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then we start hitting it again. We got NFG coming up soon. That'll be fun. Uh, at the Underground uh, Scar Shop in, in Fort Worth. Uh, that's going to be a really fun event. Um, and then I think the weekend after that is St. Patty's Day. Um. Yeah. And then the weekend after that is PCA. And uh, so I'm looking forward to PCA. Let's talk about PCA and TP really quick. Yeah, we, yeah. We just, um, so this is the first episode since we got back from TP, I believe. No, no, but this no. is, okay. so this is the first one after the dust settled. We actually like, yeah, you know, right. Um, 
But, I mean, TPE was ungodly slow. It really was. Numbers-wise, it was slow. And people-wise. Yeah, people too. Um, And so I was talking to a bunch of, you know, because I was just out in Arizona for, you know, whatever, five days. So I was talking to all the shops while I was out there, you know, did you go to PCA? If so, how come you didn't fucking come see us? Or Or if you did, hey, man, I seen you again, even though I saw you two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, are you going to PCA? Just to try to gauge kind of what's going on. And almost all the shops are like, yeah, we're going to go to PCA. Yeah. Uh, Which is nice because it gives me a little bit of hope that, that, you know, PCA is still going to be busy. It's not going to be dead like TPE was. Um, But it by PCA moving, it kind of made customers choose. Yeah. That I think that, that was that, their I motive think, behind yeah. it. Yeah, they, definitely yeah. on their on board with you on that one. Yeah, like it, it it forced the retailers to pick one or the other. Yeah, they, but now, no one's going to drop eight or ten grand to go out and then spend ten grand to go back and do it again forty five days yeah. later. Yeah, you know? so now the the Southwest and West Coast guys that would just drive to Vegas next year have a little conundrum going on. Oh, because yes. now they have to fly to New Orleans. Yeah. And and there's a lot of shops that drive to Vegas. More than half of the people that I talked to that are in that area were like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go to New Orleans. Like the, the, the cost is too much for me to go uh, where I would just drive to Vegas. Right. And it would cover, you know, it'd be whatever, a hundred bucks in gas in my hotels. Yeah. yeah. Now I have to get a, you know, a plane ticket and, you yeah. know, they're anywhere between 500 to a thousand bucks around trip, depending on where they're flying from. Yeah, and, that's a, uh, that's five hundred to a thousand bucks worth of product you can put on the shelves. Yeah, you know, plus you know the, the lodging and everything's going to be a little bit different. It's not like you're staying on the strip where there's you know eighty yeah. different hotels well, that, to choose from. And afterwards, where are we all going to go hang out and smoke? Yeah, like you're just going to because you can't smoke in New Orleans. Uh, they did pass a law though where um, businesses can apply for an event specific smoking permit. Oh, boy, um, they do that. But they have to apply for it. If they don't apply for it, you can't smoke in it. Yeah. Uh, so th- I, I know that there's some that have already or either already have or are planning on doing it. Um, but it just depends on how many people go to the convention because there's not a lot of places that are around, you know, like the French Quarter and stuff that are big that can host like, right? you know, like, well, oh, yeah, yeah we're going to have 400 people show up tonight. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean. What? Yeah. Look at, look at the talk about this afterwards. Yeah. You know, look at how many people were at the circle bar. Yeah. You know, after at the at the close of business each show day. Yeah. You know, there there were times. Well, if PCA smart, they were doing that after party. Yeah. And they did the after hours thing. It might actually work if they do that. If that was the place you New could Orleans, go to smoke. If that's where everybody can go to smoke. You know what I mean? If they yeah, keep maybe. if they keep yeah. it open till midnight or whatever, just to hang out like that that might work for PCA yeah. to do that. Cause I don't know where everybody's going to want to go. I know where I want to go yeah. <laughs> and we'll try to get as many people there as we can, but All right. we'll see it. Uh, it but the only the thing is, is I don't know if we can smoke there. Like I, I, I want to yeah. go there cause the drinks are great. The food's phenomenal. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, uh, but you know, you, you literally, you can't smoke anywhere. Like um, walking down bourbon street. I mean, yeah, you can do that. But, okay. You know, it's, have you been to Bur- have been to I, New Orleans? I have Bourbon Street. Bourbon Street is not the cleanest place. Right. <laughs> yeah. Either, either in New York. But yeah. So hanging out like on like there's nowhere like you can't just sit. There's no benches yeah. or anything like you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and if a business has something in front of their business, it's not like for public yeah. use. Yeah. You know it's right. Um, 
like they have the balconies, but in order to get to a balcony on a second floor inside of a building, you're usually, you know, buying a table or VIP or something to, in order to have access. And only a handful of places actually let you go out on their, their balconies. And then um, you smoke on the balconies probably still. In no, you can smoke on the balconies because oh. you're outside, but there's no chairs or seats and they're not big. Like yeah, it's a two seat balcony. Like well, even the I big ones, pictures. you can fit like eight people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm looking forward to just a change up from Las Vegas. I'm looking forward to it because I love the food down there. Yeah, <laughs> then we'll get a drive. It'll be yeah. So it'll be a little more cost effective for us to go, but that doesn't matter if the sales are going to be way down. Right. Right. So yeah, but we'll see. I, you know, it might draw more people from East a Coast, different area. You yeah. know, yeah. Uh, who knows? We'll see. Uh, but I think to touch back on what started that whole conversation, I think more people in 2025 might choose TPE over PCA. Yeah. Now the downfall though is because this year was so slow, how many manufacturers are going to drop uh, out of TPE right. yeah. and only go to PCA next You know, I, I, heard, <laughs> I heard another manufacturer talking about it though, and they bring up a good point, right? Like the, the sales numbers might not have been great, yeah. but you still, you're still meeting people and they met a new group of clients, right? Like a lot of the head shops, a lot of stuff like that, where you're not going to meet it mm-hmm. at PCA. Yeah. You know, so, and we picked up some, a couple, you know, yeah. a handful of new That shops. wouldn't go, that aren't going to PCA. Yeah. That, you yep. know, so, so we picked up some new customers. So when you divide like the lifetime spend over the, from the new customer yeah. over that one, then, okay, then it's making more sense. Right. You know, I, I, I think it's definitely worth going to these events. I'm glad we did it economically oh, yeah. this year. Uh, but, uh, but that, and for, for the retailer, and this is another thing, and I'm not trying to shit on anybody by any means by by talking about this, but there's retailers out there that are trying to figure out. So PCA raised their dues, right? They didn't really tell anyone they were raising their dues. They just kind of sent out invoices to all the retail shops. Oh, no. And we're like, oh, by the way, but if you pay before this date, we're going to take $50 off the increase that we did. But after that date, you know, you, you get even more of an increase. And it was like a 15-day grace period before yeah. that, you know, that $50 off went away. But there's a lot of retailers that are like, I I mean, ultimately on a large scale of everything, the PCA and CR, you know, Scar Rights of America, Premium Scar Association, all those organizations that are fighting for, you know, all the things in this industry to, uh-huh. you know, all the regulations the FDA is trying to put in place and everything like that. Right. Um, you know, the trade show is one of their fund generating events. Right. They're a nonprofit. Yeah. And so, or TPE is a for-profit show. You know, it's it's owned by one company, and they're using it to generate funds. Yeah. Um, but there's so there's no dues that need to get paid by the right. by the attendees that show up, and so a lot of guys are like, "Well, I have to pay my dues, and then I have to get tickets, and I have to book travel, and then I have to get hotel rooms, yeah. and then I got to do all of this stuff." Yeah, they're running the numbers. You know, in order to go to the show to buy cigars, <laughs> like, or I could just wait till the rep comes a week the month after, and I could buy cigars then, and I yeah. don't have to, you know. Yeah. So, no, but, but but support the TPE, support the CRA because, well, support PCA. That's oh, that's what I meant. Yes, to say. yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, to say. yeah. You know, because if you look, they won, and they won a great victory. Oh, I get it, but right, well, and they spent a lot of money to do that. Yep. So we see that as a manufacturer. Yeah. And we see the significance of what that means. Yeah. On the retail side, like they're so into the day-to-day of everything that their big picture is oh well okay next quarter i need to beat you know my next quarter from last year you know or next year i need to beat my sales from this year 
And it's not like, oh, well, these regulations, you know, because essentially in a retail side of things, the regulatory side of it comes down to mostly to the manufacturers. The manufacturers now have to jump through the hoops in order to be able to still legally sell their product. And the retailers are just retailing the product. Yeah. You know, so in their eyes, it's okay. What is what is this organization doing for my shop? Well, you know what I mean? And I'll, and I'll defend the PCA and CRA a little bit on this one is they now their big focus is state to state. Yeah. So they're trying to prevent states from raising your right. tobacco tax. Like there's a lot of reasons to support the PCA. No, I, I and like I said, like yeah. this might piss but people it, off, but yeah. like I support the PCA. Yeah. I, I, I stand behind them. I understand what they do for the yeah. whole industry. But I'm talking about guys that are in states that, you know, they're they're not up against raises you know cigar tax raises yeah against caps or anything today today um you know but it's say the shop's been there for 15 years and they've been paying their dues every single year but there's nothing that in the past 15 years that ever had to be done in order for them to you know to stay in business like it's i see both sides of it you know and i mean i don't know i don't know if there's an answer trying to make everybody happy you make nobody happy yeah exactly yeah Um, but you know, these are just things that I've, I've been, you know, hearing, especially with all the changes that have been going on in these trade shows and everything like that. Yeah. Um, well, you got, you got like the big, like Drew Estates hasn't been going to PCA. They're going to PCA this year. Yep. Um, you know, so they're, I mean, they're, I think PCAs, I, I, I have a feeling and I didn't have this until recently. Yeah. I have a feeling now that PCA will be really good. Um, I was a little worried when we were in the middle of TPE that, if PCA is down, like, well, I think I think COVID, <laughs> and I hate to use that as as you a never, reasoning, never should, but. but because of all the bullshit that was going on during COVID and the limited ability for us to do massive trade shows like we used to do, yeah, I think that is what allowed TPE to kind of slide in and be well, like, "Hey guys, look co- at me." COVID, <laughs> COVID, like, you look at trends, right? So. IPCPR is what it was before PCA. And, you know, the attendance numbers, you want them to gradually go up, right? And then COVID happens and it bucks. Yeah, it's just like, (laughs) it was nobody's fault, but China, you know? And, uh, um, but then, you know, it it puts a big interruption into that. And and so now you're on a recovery mode, but now I think, I think we're past the recovery mode of COVID. Yes. I think, you know, that was the last two years yeah. where it was affected. Now it should be trending normally again. Right. Hopefully so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll see. You know, the, the only constant in life is change. Yeah. Um, and change isn't always a bad thing. It just, you have to be able to accept it and pivot and move and, and yeah. keep going forward with it. Um, I think a lot of people are stuck on the, well, they shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have moved. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have gone somewhere else. They shouldn't have blah, blah. You know, the yeah. creature's a habit. Yeah. Um, oh, we are. Everybody. It's, yeah. it's a human nature. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I'm okay with going to New Orleans. And yeah. then maybe in a couple of years back to Vegas. Maybe to Florida. Like, yeah. or wherever. You know, as long as it's not somewhere cold. Yeah. I'm totally yeah. okay yeah. with it. <laughs> Keep me out of North yeah. Dakota in March and I'll be happy. Right. But, yeah. Um, but I think Florida would be a good one too. I mean, that's where most of the cigar industry is. Like, yeah. Florida would probably be good. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see it move around a little bit. Yeah. You know, but then again, we're not storing our booth. Exactly. We're not. 
And for us, it's easy. For us, it's easy. Because we learned how to pivot on things. Yeah. But for these guys that have, you know, three quarter million dollar booths that store that are, that are in, Vegas. in Vegas, yeah. now they have to ship them. Yeah. Like, oh, that's a nightmare. Like, I remember when we had to ship ours and we had one massive crate, yeah. you know, it was bigger than this table. Yeah. And it was, you know, whatever, five feet tall. And I remember we had to deal with that. And it was a nightmare. Yeah. Some of these guys boost, they have 15 of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so. We'll see, mate. You know, I don't know. We'll see. But I, I have a good feeling for uh, PCA this year. Yeah. So. PCA should be fun. Yeah. You've been a, so out of the PCAs, the shows that you went to, we talked, Scott and I talked about this in the last episode about our favorites. Out of all the shows that you went to, which one's your favorite? Like which year? Which one specifically? Yeah. Ooh. Honestly, probably PCA the first round. Yeah. Uh, a, because new experience. Yeah. Right uh b because when i first came down i you know i i i didn't really get on the road uh in october of 20 because of the fact that they i mean we were still in the grips of covid so nobody actually wanted yeah. to talk to anybody so i spent a lot of time emailing and phone calls and stuff mm -hmm. like that with retailers in the area so getting to see them at pca meet face to face or see them the second or third time right yeah. you know it was it was a lot of fun and getting to to visit with some of the retailers that like Roger in Alaska, you yeah. know, who I yeah. I just just e just emailed him the other day and was chatting with him. And he clued me in on their exorbitant tax rate oh, yeah. they have yeah. up there, which is just astronomical. And I had no idea. Um it's hard to keep up with all the states bullshit. Oh man, it is, it is, you know. And it, like Alaska blows my mind. Like, like why? Yeah, you have like four shops in the entire state. Well, not only that, but state tax you're paying out to people. Yeah, you have a fucking surplus. Why are you? Why are you? That's why they have a surplus. Yeah, <laughs> but why are you taxing no. something? And especially on a product like cigars. Yeah. Like I understand. I I don't. I'm not even going to go down that route because yeah. I don't understand. I was going to say I understand certain taxes. No, I don't. Um, but they have that high of a tax rate on a product that very few amount of people are going to actually smoke especially in your state with very few people yeah like and they're not like all you know uh, i don't know yeah, I get it. but I hey it, it is what it is so the first your first pca is, is your favorite yeah 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 i, I mean because like i said it's it's a it was a completely new experience i went into this pretty much blind right um you know i had i had no idea i tried to hang with you fucking luscious yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> i think i think i made it uh through the first day and then after that i just started ghosting you guys when i got tired of it yeah. it's like they, you'd come into the booth the next morning and be like you just up and disappeared i'm like yep mm -hmm, i did well the <laughs> difference between us is we are alcoholics and you're a former alcoholic yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no i'm i'm not a i'm not a former alcoholic i am I am still an alcoholic. He's a recovering. I just, I, I just uh, a retired. Don't, I don't drink anymore. A reti retired <laughs> so, alcoholic. I like yeah. that. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think that's a good term, right? I, I have Poor successfully Ellie. retired from one thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm still yeah. working up to retirement, Dave. <laughs> you know, everybody has oh. a different retirement plan. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it was so much fun. It, it really was, yeah. you know, it's 
the the show was a blast um getting to hang out with all the people after the show was even more fun because then you get people that were like they actually settled down a little bit and and cut loose uh nobody headbutted anybody that i was aware of when i was at the shows (laughs) (laughs) oh that's uh, great um you know it's but yeah I, i honestly and that's the thing is like i've been to I've only been to two, uh, cause I came down after, uh, after 20. Uh, so I went to 21 and 22. Yeah. Um, ah, fuck did I, I did go last year. Yeah. I did go last year cause that was when we took Eric and yeah. that was, yeah, he, that was, he like, was like, that was like your handoff. That was yeah. Crawl, it, it was seat, Eric's seat. first day, your last day. And you were like, yeah, yep. yeah that, was, uh, <laughs> that was, that was a lot of fun too. Cause it was, it was the, uh, Oh, how long have you been doing this? And Eric would be like, uh, about four days. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. So yeah, no, that, but that was, that was cool because I got to, I got to hand off, like you said, all the, all the, the Texas retailers that came into, into the show got to introduce them to Eric and be like, you know, he's, he's going to be taking over. And, yeah. um, but, uh, I still talk to a lot of those guys actually, Yeah, you know, and it's, it, that goes back to the, to the nature of, our business model, which is more focused on the relationship building as opposed to the sale. Yeah. You know, we, we spend so much time and effort building that friendship and those, and those friendships and connections with those retailers that more often than not, sometimes to the negative on our end, they view us more as friends than they do as, as a manufacturer. It's funny. We we've gone to shows for, I don't know how long I've been going now, but it's been a number of years. Right. And we'll like, we'll be hanging out with people at the show. And like, I don't even realize that they had never ordered. Right. It's, you know, (laughs) years. And then like last, I think it was two years ago, I got an apology from a a guy that I I love. He's just a good person. Right. He's like, yeah, one of these, one of these days I'll get you in the shop. I'm really sorry. You know, I've been working on it. (laughs) And I'm you're like, like what? I'm like, I didn't know you didn't carry us. Like, you know, like I don't care. I just like hanging out with you. You're a good yeah. dude, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so. But that's the thing is like th- <laughs> those relationships, you know it, it 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 may not necessarily generate in an open the first year or two. Yeah. But three years down the line, that could become one of our top performing shops for that year. Yeah. You know, it's, I think you know it's once people get to know who we are. You know, I think that that makes a big difference. Um, it makes a big but difference. It, yeah. and, and I don't think that's just our brand specifically. No. I think that's across the board in this industry. Yeah, there's a you know? there's definitely a few brands that I know of that that the reps have they they operate on a on a very similar yeah, model. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, but it they, should, they they're all friends of ours. Like but I, yeah. But know. I don't think it's just this industry that's based like that too. I mean, you gotta think back, you know, when when we all three of us were in the gun industry. Absolutely. You know, and the the biggest difference is for the most part everybody in the cigar industry brand owner wise are good people i can yeah. sit down and have a conversation with them yeah. you know uh, friends with all the i mean there isn't many that i've met that i don't like yeah and the firearm industry is a little different yeah you know you meet you meet that the owner of that brand whether they're uh, uh, a firearms manufacturer accessories you know, parts, pieces, you know, whatever, gunsmith. Yeah. And you sit down, you meet them, you hang out, you you develop a really, you know, friendship relationship with these people. It's either a love or hate in that industry. Yeah. Right. And, but it's a make yeah. or break of whether you're going to carry them or not. 
Yeah. You know, if you sit down and you have a great relationship with the owner of this place and you obviously you have to believe in their product yeah. too. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to stand behind that as a retailer like and be the, like, this uh, is awesome. I'm going to give you an great. The, there is a, in the gun industry, there's somebody that has very similar backgrounds as us. Yeah. That sold a product that we sold. Right. Yeah. And I very much, and it's a good product. I like their product. Yeah. It's a very, I very much wanted to like them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I went and I made it a specific effort to go to their booth, oh, introduce nice. myself and say, Hey, you know, and they were just, and then I got to talking about some other brands, kind of their competitors, but what we carried, you know, and like, like, I don't, I don't necessarily look at another cigar manufacturer as a competitor. No, right? they are, but, but I'm not going to talk shit about them. No, no, but they are, but there's room in the industry for everybody. There is. Right. But so the, it, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Right. But I talked to these people in the gun industry. And I'm like, ah, what do you think of this new whatever that came out? And they're like, oh, fuck that company. Yeah. I'm like, why? Yeah. And they're like, it is, it is so very, like, oh, very I'm black ne- and white. I'm never going to go to a competitor's booth and look at a product. I'm like, why? They all, they all, everybody does it. Yeah. It's yeah. called market research. Yeah. <laughs> and they were just, that's why we smoke everybody they, else's cigars. They yeah. were just douchebags. And I've never once sold one of their products. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do in, the, in this in the scar industry is when, whether I'm doing an event or not. If I'm in a humidor at a shop and somebody's in there and they come up to me and they ask me questions and it has nothing to do with warfighter tobacco, yeah. I love helping those people. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'll go through with the extent of my knowledge, whatever I know about whatever they're asking and on all these other different brands, whether they're in flavored infused cigars or, or premium cigars or whatever. And I'll, I'll literally get to my extent of it and be like, hey, man, that's all I know about this, you know, or this and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, man, thanks for all your help. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, by the way, I own this brand. Yeah. You know, and if you want to try those, those are awesome, too. I was like, but, you know, these are great cigars. So yeah. make sure you try those. And then they look at me and they're like, what? Yeah. And I was I'm like, what? And they're like, you own that brand, but you just told me all this about all these other brands that you have nothing yeah. to do with. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, they're good cigars, man. Good <laughs> like, you cigars, should try them. <laughs> good, good people. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. It's one of my favorite things. Because just the reaction off that customer's face, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I, I hope other, you know, brands and reps do the same thing. I hope. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I've never been in a humidor where somebody else has tried to sell me a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good industry. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. So, Dave, while you were on the road, what is who is your favorite shop in Texas? What was your favorite one to go? Oh, that's kind of put him on the spot. Hang out? No, well, okay. Like, <laughs> like, so that was one of the deals. Like, I I rapidly developed favorite spots. Yeah. In in every major city in Texas that I went to. Yeah. So like, Austin was. Zodiacs. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Derek's got a fantastic shop and anybody in that area Very will cool completely shop. understand. Nice humidor. Um, I don't you know. Actually, I don't know if we talked about Zodiacs on here yet. I don't mean to cut you off, but no, you're fine. they have one of the coolest ways to get into their actual members lounge yeah. area. Yeah. Like you walk in, you don't even know there's a members. You either. don't. They have, you walk in and on the, on the left is the cash register and, and you know, whatnot. Yeah. On the right's a pretty decent sized walking humidor. Um, and the straight ahead is a bookshelf. Yeah. And it's a Murphy's door. You pull, I think it's a little box. And I think you pull that, you move the box and then the whole door opens and it is this massive lounge lounge yeah. in the back. 
Yeah. So, I mean, Derek's place, Zodiac's, um, up in Fort Worth, of course, is hands down the underground. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those guys, they, the entire atmosphere of that place is just phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I tell people everywhere I go that if you want to mirror your shop after somebody's, yeah, look at those guys. Yeah. yeah. The well, physical footprint, don't look at their old shop. Yeah. Look, look at their new one. <laughs> well, I mean, you can even look at their old shop you because could. there's so many people that are like, oh, if I had more space, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's like, look what they did. Look, <laughs> They went from that and building the customer base that they have, yeah. which is yeah. awesome, yep. to opening it like literally a block away, yeah. not I even mean, half the fucking. It's I a mean, caddy corner across yeah. the street. <laughs> to building an awesome looking shop. The underground shop is, was the original shop was quite literally the size of this room. Plus or minus. You know, maybe two of these. Yeah. Maybe two of these, you think? Mm. Well, the, the lounge area was this big. Yeah. And yeah. then everything else was the humidor, the cash register. Was as yeah. big as another room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's so, awesome. It's just the clientele that they built, the, the relationships, yeah. you know. Well, yeah. but that, you know, and they did, they did the thing right and they built the community yeah. and the community sustains what they have built. Right. So, and, and that's if, if any, budding retailer out there is going to hear this that's what you need to do you need to build that community yeah because if you don't have the community you yeah. will not survive and you will not thrive yeah, yeah. so I, I feel like like the underground is kind of like cheers yeah like, i could follow that yeah. you walk in it's where everybody knows your name <laughs> you know? yeah like yeah yeah usually when i walked into the underground it was something along the lines of it's about fucking time yeah you know <laughs> uh but uh yeah. So I had, I had kind of preferred shops in, in every major city that I, that I hit as I was bouncing around. So it is tough to, to put a single shop as, on spotlight. As a rep, what's the most ridiculous thing you ran into, whether it's the shop owner, a customer that walked in, like, is there something that stands out that was just like, and I, can't, it, I can't believe this just happened. And, and if it's really bad, you don't have to put any names out yeah. there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like the the, huh. mo the most interested thing. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm trying to think of the most interesting thing that <laughs> I've experienced. I know yours. Yeah. What's oh, mine's when I was in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Hands down, that, that was the most interesting. That I don't think anything's going to top that for me. Yeah. I mean, the rest of the stuff is like, wow, that was fucking wild. Yeah. But it wasn't like that was so. I don't know. And like, I'm sure John's told the story on this podcast, but it, yeah, there was a, referencing. Yeah, there was a, a convicted felon, a judge, a lawyer, a cop, and an active duty army guy that just happened to be there at the same time. And the convicted felon was arrested by the cop, tried by the lawyer, and the judge sentenced him. And they were all sitting there smoking together, like, yeah, 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 I was a shit bag back then. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Bell meets cigars yeah. in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. I, man, I can't, like, I've, I've never had, I've never had an experience like that that really stuck with me yeah. as a rep. Like, yeah. like, realistically, I mean, I, I have, yeah, I, well, I can't. Like, like nothing where somebody orders the whole line, they sell out in a week, and then you go back in a month and a half and they're like, well, we haven't sold any in a month and a half. <laughs> you know, you know, honestly, though, I that that does bring to bring to mind one uh, and it, 
there was a shop that that I visited with uh, a couple of times. They opened an account, brought in the the whole the whole line at that time. Yeah. Um, we set up an event, and I went up and did an event. They ordered, I don't know, I think it was something like eighteen or twenty boxes for the event. Yeah. Um, and I sold out in the space of like an hour and a half, and then we did our Black Friday sale. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then our one day sale. Yeah, our, 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 our one day one day sale. And uh, while I was actually out on the road, I got an email from that from that shop saying that they would pause carrying Warfighter because of the fact that we sold. Uh, we did a sale yeah. that cut into their profit margin. Yeah. Uh, so they were uh, they were no longer or they were going to pause, and they would let me know when they felt like bringing it back in. And that's been three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll talk about that for a little bit. We we sell direct to consumer. There's a lot of retailers that don't like that. Yeah. But I don't know how else to build a brand. How how would I have built a brand where customers are interested in the brand? Yeah. Well, it's it's been well, eight years for us right now. Eight years, yeah. yeah. And if we would have done the the quote unquote traditional method where we just go wholesale and yeah. we rely on the retail partners to help promote the brand, probably year two would have been the last year for us. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and I tried to explain that to retailers that pushed back against that, you know, when I was out on the road. You know, I think and and I had to explain it to them this way. And it was basically we do direct to consumer. Because the customer wants our product and they don't have a brick and mortar retailer yeah. in their area that carries it. If you want that customer's business, carry our fucking product. It's not that hard. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, <laughs> and once they do, that customer would rather go to your shop to get it. Yeah, Absolutely. and we want the customer to yeah. go to your shop, right? So we we ran up a report after after you told me that. Yeah, we ran a report in 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 the. I think in the past twelve the twelve months prior to that day. We did six hundred dollars in sales within a twenty mile radius of their zip code. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, like, and the best part, it, I think we actually broke it down by the, each individual product as well. Yeah, and I think it was something like over sixty percent of it was accessory stuff, like right? Yeah. Pelicans and lighters and cutters, and you know, just yeah. like swag. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't even like they were just ordering six hundred dollars worth of cigars. No, not at all. Yeah, you know, so like. But then some of our best retailers also sell online, and yeah. they, and they tell us, "Do not stop doing that because you're building your customer base. You're you're, yeah. you're creating new customers by doing that yeah. for accessibility, and then they can find it I, at their local yeah. shops." I have friends of mine that know that I work for Warfighter Tobacco. Yeah, that will still go and order from Tim. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like, do you like? Hello. What? No. Send me send me a fucking text message. It's like, it's because it's because know. Tim has a personality. He does. He he's he's very much <laughs> part of the community. Tim is cigars daily. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. does he does all of his YouTube stuff. He does all if, like he does a great job marketing for his shop. Yeah. If if you want some good knowledge across the board on on all the brands, on all the cigar etiquette, on cigars. <clears throat> What to do, accessories, literally almost anything that has to do with anything cigars. Go look at Cigars Daily on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And he, there's a video. If you have a question about something, he made a video on it. I guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, John's been on his show a couple times. A bunch. And, yeah. He's, and it's great. He's built a recognizable brand. Yeah. I think he has the largest uh, following um, 
or the largest YouTube page in the cigar industry, I think, or it might be one or two. I can't. Yeah. He's either the largest or, or second largest or back and forth, but um, he's been doing it for a while and he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, you know, but it touched back on the, you know, the, the, you know, well, you sell direct consumer. I don't like to carry your brand. Um, this is one of the only industries that I've ever been a part of where I, I feel like some people are just allergic to making money. Yeah. Yeah. They're, you know, they're just like, well, I'm not going to do that because of X, Y, and Z. And it's like, all emotion based. Like we, 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 like, <laughs> we looked at the cigar industry because we felt we, we could out market a lot of the industry that was at the time for mm-hmm. sure. Eight years ago. This, oh, it, when, oh yeah. you're, when you're talking to established brands at IPCPR and they're telling you that they've got a pretty solid following of 1800 people on their, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, well, what the fuck? I'm just like, okay, well, you know, so I figured we'll build a brand through social media. Yeah. Right. And then like we, but we want retail partners. Yes. We want the people to drive there and pick them up and, and hang out there. Cause yeah. they're, they're not hanging out here. We sell nationally. Yeah. Like they're not hanging out here. And we, we don't have a spot for people to hang. We out don't, here. we don't, we don't <laughs> have that's on lounge. purpose. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, I'd rather be boxing up and shipping to a retailer and telling everybody to go there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, but we had to build the brand. Nobody would know Warfighter if we didn't start on social media and we didn't start yeah. selling direct yep. our brand would not exist yeah how would we how would the story of warfighter come across through retailers it wouldn't oh, it, yeah. it wouldn't have yeah no. you know so you know you know yep so uh, this leads me into the, if warfighter's not available in your area Go to your retailer and ask yeah, yeah. i would rather sell to the or, retailer or shoot us send yeah. us an email Info at warfightertobacco.com and let us know the shops that are around you that you would like to see us in. Yeah. You know, if we have the ability to to make that happen in that area, we will do everything we can to do it. Yeah. Um, Some of the areas we just don't have representation. Um, And the last thing that we want to do is open up account and not be able to service that account how they should be. Um, You know, that's not the partnership that we're looking for with the retail partner. And so we don't want to try to get in there and then be like, hey, man, like I might see a, you know, Every, at all the shows uh and i might talk to you every quarter now most of them don't give a shit if the customers yeah. come in and buy it yeah you know yep. then they're like okay i can make that phone call and reorder exactly yeah so it's you know it's it's you know what's the right way to do it i don't know but we 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 know our way yeah so it's hard for us to you know cover the entire nation with yeah. a handful of people yeah yeah um you know but yeah we're working on it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it was good to have you on the show, Dave. Yeah. Uh, so you've been on the other podcast quite often, but uh, I have. This is the first <laughs> one, uh, for the Warfighter one. Right. We were kind of all over the place on this one. We too. were. We were. That's all right. Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to tell the listeners about you? No, I think I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, Nothing Dave, about a scarf or anything. Dave likes long walks on the beach and motorcycle rides. Yeah. <laughs> I do like motorcycle rides. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. Till next time, boys and girls. Uh, WarfighterTobacco.com, uh, Warfighter Tobacco, and all the social medias. Um, and uh, get your uh, hoist ready. Can do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Cheers, guys. Yeah. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>